0: Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay. This is our year-in-review show. You know we usually do a lot of things like Most Valuable Teammate and thank a ref. This is simply going to be John's favorite stories from the year. He has chronicled them at John's Journal at mshsl.org. Of course, he's talked about them in passing on this show. Today we're going to really refine the focus and bring you the best stories around Minnesota sports and activities at the prep level. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Thanks to our producer, Brienne Burdett. Thanks to Pizza Barn in Princeton and Minnesota Propane, your your environmentally friendly energy source. And let's go ahead and just go month by month here, John. Why don't we start off with with last January?
1: Yeah, Jim, let's go back to the first John's journal story of the year. I was in Roso, which I'm glad I didn't go to Roso this week. Holy crap. Um, although the weather's looking good now for the following week, but yeah, the first story, uh, was one of my favorites of the entire year. I went up to Roseau for a boys hockey game between, uh, the Roseau Rams and the visiting war warriors. We know all about that, that, uh, longtime rivalry It was in the, it was like January 3rd or 4th, I think. And it's, I, I kind of dove into the history of these rivals and the history of the fantastic old arena. In a row, so these guys have been playing high school hockey against each other since 1945. That was the same year as the first uh, Minnesota State High School League tournament. And on um, this evening, I was there in early 2022. This was the 179th meeting between these two 179 they played again later in the year so that's 180 going into this season i don't they haven't played yet this year but they will here shortly so that was a great way to kind of kick off the year i'd been on my bucket list for a long time i think any any minnesota hockey fan probably has that on their bucket list go up north for a war owed rozo game and and uh, really, really a fun time. Tom Jerome, good friend of mine. He's the superintendent in Roseau, former president of the High School League Board of Directors. He was, he was my guide, took great care of me and uh, introduced me to a lot of people, just, just soaked in that atmosphere of a great Great old hockey barn. And if anybody wants to go back to January on John's Journal at mshsl.org, you can read that story. You can read all of these stories, but that was my January story, Jim. And that remains uh, one of my top, uh, one of my favorites from the entire year.
0: What's the second most popular sport in that area?
1: <sighs> I Or do, well, do they play any other headed- sports? Yeah, well, Roso had a really good run of girls basketball. Right, Katie Bravich so. is with the Gophers now, and she was the youngest of three sisters who took them to state. They won a state title. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, there's been some good baseball up there. Um, that's a good question. I, I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask my buddies up there. What's the What's the second favorite sport? Whatever it is, it's far behind hockey. That's for sure.
0: No doubt about it. All right, let's go to February.
1: Yeah, another, we're going to go up north again. I was in Moorhead for a boys basketball game, and this was Moorhead and Bemidji, which are not close to each other. And uh, down the hall a few steps at Moorhead High School in the ice arena was a girls hockey game between Moorhead and Rozo, again, two schools that are not close together. And I, I ended up writing kind of, what's it like to be a high school athlete and team up north where you just travel so far so that night, on a Tuesday night in Moorhead, the visiting teams from Bemidji and Roseau drove more than 600 combined miles on buses, uh, more than five and a half hours total, to get to Moorhead and back home on a school night. And nobody batted an eye because that's just the way it is up north. It really was intriguing to talk to coaches and athletes and athletic directors that this is, you know, they, they scoff at people in the metro who complain about having to go from, I, I don't know, uh, Maple Grove to, to Lakeville or something, you know, or just across the metro. People get kind of owly about that sometimes. But up there, they get on buses, they drive for hours, and that's just, just part of what they do. It was really, that's another story I'd thought about doing for a long time, and, and it was really fun to do.
0: And I know when I started covering the Minnesota Twins and talked to all the guys on the championship teams from 87 to 91, whether it's true or not, we don't know. But they believed that playing minor league baseball in the Southern League and just being on the buses together for like 6, 8, 12 hours just to get to the next game, they thought it really created a bond. They also thought it toughened them up. And now, yeah, nobody does that. Nobody in any sport does that except for, except for remote, you know, rural high school sports.
1: That's it. That's it. Yeah. I remember back in my days covering the wild NHL players who yeah. did the same thing, you know, driving from Moose Jaw to wherever on a bus with your, with your junior hockey buddies. That, that really, really is a, really can build some character as they say.
0: Yes, it can. All right, let's go to March.
1: Yeah. March. This, this is a kind of a photographic story, but uh, when I mentioned who these two people are in this photo, Uh, from the Boys State Hockey Tournament, people will remember. Uh, In the Boys State Tournament, in the 2 way quarterfinals, Prior Lake beat Creighton-Durham Hall 6 to zip. And Alex Byrne was the star for Prior Lake. He scored five goals. And in the stands was an 88-year-old man who came down to the locker room afterwards to shake Alex's hand. This 88-year-old man was John Mayasich, who's maybe the biggest legend in state tournament history, played for Eveleth, you know, more than 50 years ago, he set the tournament record for goals in one game with seven in 1951 and Alex got five. So John wanted to meet this young man. So John's son, Dan, they went down to the locker room and Dan shot this tremendous photo of uh of John Mayasit shaking hands with Alex from Prior Lake. And Alex has got this great, he's just grinning from ear to ear. You can tell he's laughing out loud. So I got that in my hands on that photo. I talked to Dan, wrote a little story about it. And the reaction was just unbelievable. Hundreds of thousands of views on different social media sites. And I have a feeling we're going to see that photo on a regular basis every year during the state hockey tournament because it just it just says so much about hockey history in Minnesota. And I did tweet uh, I did tweet twelve photos before we started to record here, one for each of these stories, so people should give people kind of a clue before we uh, did the show. So that photo wise, that's a photo of the year: Alex Byrne from Prior Lake and John Masich.
0: Uh, that's great stuff. I've been lucky enough to meet John. He's also a classy guy, a great ambassador for the sport as well. A reminder uh, this isn't our only show at TalkNorth.com. We have Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony Lapanta, Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley, uh, John Krasinski, Viking Update Show, Jeff Diamond. Uh, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee, outdoor content, variety content. Check it all at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to any show you like. Subscribe at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. And thanks again to our producer, Brian Burdett, for helping us make it all happen. Uh, let us get to April.
1: Yeah, we're into track season now, Jim. I went uh, to an early season track meet on a really cold day down in Lake City, and I was there to watch a, a, a young man, a senior pole vaulter from Pine Island named Jared White. He had flirted with the state record in the pole vault in his junior year, so this last spring was his senior season. And he didn't he didn't do anything great that night. It was cold. It was a early meet. It was, you know, dark by the time he started to jump. And, but it's one of these deals. Track and field is a really unique sport, and I've done this many times over the years. Basically, follow an athlete during the season who's closing in on a state record. Uh, I don't know how many times I watched Jared pole vault this spring, and and he did indeed he set a new state record. Uh, but he vaulted sixteen two at a section meet, uh, won his second state title, and then over the summer in a national meet, he just exploded and went sixteen nine. Uh, he's now at North Dakota State i um, going to do great things there. But the the thing, the fun with this is you get to know these kids, you know, the coaches, you know, uh, I got to know Jared's mom and dad a little bit, just, just the the relationships or the people who work at these meets. So that's a, you know, track is maybe the best sport for that. Cause the pace is different than a lot of events and, and uh, and, uh, just, you know, following a kid like that who's. uh, fantastic athlete. Everybody loves him in Pine Island and, and uh, at North Dakota State, they got a good a good young man, a pole vaulter. So that was April.
0: I still don't understand pole vault. I was a track athlete and I could never understand how anybody could do, I, I don't, I never understood how anybody could take it up and then how anybody could yeah. survive while they're learning to do it.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny. I was chatting with him, I think that first time, and I'd covered enough really good female pole vaulters. And the theme with them was they had gymnastics backgrounds. Right. And I said this to Jared and he kind of smiled. He was a gymnastics kid when he was ah. little. He went to a gymnastics center in Rochester because he said, I don't know. I, I, I kind of paraphrasing. He said, I was one of those kids climbing on everything, bouncing off the walls. And, and my mom and dad took me to gymnastics because it seemed like that might be a good fit. And there you go. It's that whole body control thing. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, Technique and attention to detail. So, yeah, that's a that's always a good a good aspect of pole vaulting. as a gymnastics background,
0: no doubt. I had trouble with the left, right, left, right rhythm of running. That I always <laughs> got a little confused.
1: Exactly. All right, let's go to May. Okay, May. We're going to turn to Gophers football, which seems odd for May, but on back-to-back days, I posted stories about two multi-sport athletes from small towns who had committed to play football for the Gophers. One is there now he, he's in his freshman year the other one i think is uh, is going to be showing up for spring football uh the older one who was a senior in high school this past year tony nelson of tracy milroy balaton just a supreme three sport athlete 66 280 star basketball player, two-time state champ in the shot put. Uh, and, and I believe he redshirted this this current season at, at the University of Minnesota. The other young man's a year younger, Reese Tripp of Cass and Manorville. Uh, Reese is 6'7", at least at, when I saw him in the spring, 6'7", 325. I watched him play first base and pitch a few innings. During the baseball season. Wow. So he, he signed last week. At that point in the spring, his plan was to graduate early and get to start taking classes here in January. These two guys, really nice kids, nice fair, nice parents, coaches, both offensive linemen. It's really cool to profile kids from small towns. You know, I'm a small town kid. I, I know what that's like. And again, just to have a chance to spend time with these kids, coaches, teammates families it's always fun so let's keep an eye on those two small town kids at the university of minnesota
0: yes um and i remember you telling me those stories i remember the, you mentioning the size of the young man and uh and man yeah what oh it's what, unbelievable i just i'm trying to picture him on a, a pitcher's mount i can picture him <laughs> playing first face i've told to picture him on a pitcher's mount
1: that's it it's it's intimidating for sure all right let's go to june June, I headed down to Wabashaw, home of uh, two things, grumpy old men and a great high school softball program. And the, and the person who built that program at Wabashaw Kellogg is Mike Schumacher, who retired at the end of last, last season in the spring, which fittingly ended with a trip to the state tournament. When he was hired in 1981 to teach, he was also hired to start a softball program. They didn't even have a softball field. And what Mike and his wife Georgette and their family have done over the years—it's amazing. They've got great facilities, um, and and all the kids who played there—you know, Mike and Georgette were were just instrumental in all these kids, as well as their own kids. And when the new season starts, when the 2023 season starts in the spring, uh, that facility behind the school in Wabashaw, which is really first rate for high school softball, it'll be known as Schumacher Fields. After Mike and Georgette. So it was fun to, fun to hang out in Wabashaw. And I hadn't met Mike before. And to see them at the state tournament, that was really great.
0: That is great. All right. Hey, let's, uh, we have six months to go. Let's hear about Pizza Barn in Princeton, Jody Stays Operation.
1: There you go, our longtime sponsor, Jim. A family-owned business for almost 40 years, a fixture in downtown Princeton. The Pizza Barn's always busy. There's a lot going on there. They've got a complete menu for lunch and dinner, everything you'd want, uh, in-person, take and bake, delivery, catering. Uh, You can still get some uh, gift cards if you're looking for some post-Christmas gifts. Uh, One thing I don't know if we've talked about much, they have a really popular lunch buffet Monday through Friday. This week's offerings include beefy mushroom soup all week. Uh, on Wang Wednesday, there are sauces like garlic, parmesan, teriyaki, bourbon. And on Thursday this week, the chef special is manicott and garlic bread. And as always, our great thanks to Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn for being part of our podcast for more than five years now.
0: No doubt. Check out the food trucks and get to the, the restaurant if you can. I want to let you know that a lot of people agree we need to lower our carbon footprint. They also agree we need reliable and affordable energy every minute of every day. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today that's ready to work alongside other, other energy sources. It's propane environmentally friendly Minnesota propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the utility grid, and propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane. Renewable propane is compatible with traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all of our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, Resiliency and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. And now let's go to July.
1: Okay, July, summertime. That's the slowest month for yep. me because we don't have any high school sports going on, but there's always fun things to do. And if there's a theme here with all these stories, it's relationships. I'm going to talk about Todd Bauman, um, a former NFL quarterback, played for the Vikings. The pride of Tyler, Minnesota. I got to know Todd first during his NFL playing career. He was between contracts and was a volunteer assistant coach at Buffalo High School. This was in my Star Tribune days. I went up there and wrote a story about him at practice. I think a day or two after the story was done, he was off to, you know, he got a new contract. He was off returning to the NFL. So I've, I've stayed in touch with Todd. He was the head coach at Buffalo High School. Uh, Now he's not coaching, but uh, I drove to to his hometown of Tyler, Minnesota to watch him at a Saturday football clinic he was holding. Todd's son, Aiden, who was a record-setting quarterback in high school in Buffalo, is now at South Dakota State. They worked with the quarterbacks. It was basically a passing game clinic. It was really unique. It was quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and uh, spent, you know, Saturday morning with a small group of kids who really got an education. It was really interesting to, to see this. I'd never seen a football camp or clinic like that. And again, it was a family affair. So you got Todd and Aiden out on the field. Todd's wife, Courtney, who I've got to know, she was helping watch uh, the young kids of uh, Josh Fredericks and the Russell Tyler Ruth football coach. And another part of this trip for me, I wanted to see the new artificial turf at Russell Tyler Ruth. Uh, I think it's the third smallest, school in the state with turf. Um, and it's a show place. They did a great job. They, they have a brand new K-12 school. I got a tour of that. And uh, I was asking Todd Bauman about turf. And he told me he the first time he played on turf, he was a sophomore at St. Cloud State. They played a game at the Metrodome. And now you got uh, more than 100 high schools in Minnesota with turf. That's really amazing.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. I remember you telling me that story. All right, let's go to August.
1: August. Uh, first. This was the first day of practice for fall sports. I went to football practice up uh, north of St. Cloud a little bit at Royalton where the team was a missing alum and assistant coach Nick Lanners. Uh, Nick suffered severe injuries include a spinal fra- including a spinal fracture when his vehicle was rear-ended at a high, at a high speed in July. Uh, Nick has been part of this team since he was a backup varsity quarterback as an eighth grader in 2001. After he graduated, he became a volunteer coach while he was training to become a corrections offer. Later became a paid assistant. The Royals had a good season. They dedicated Everything to Nick. They finished seven and three. Uh, they were able to do a lot of things for Nick and his family, and uh, really a kind of a small small town story that developed throughout the season, still developing. Nick is doing well. I follow his updates on on Caring Bridge. Um, he's he's getting getting you know I don't, back to normal. I'm not going to say that, but you know he's wheelchair bound, and uh, and things are looking good, and he's got so much support. Another one of those great small town stories.
0: Yes, no doubt about it. All right, let's continue into football season. September.
1: Yep. Football is is the theme now. Uh, I went down to Leroy. This was one of the wildest adventures I've ever had. Leroy Ostrander was the defending state champs of nine man football. This is one of those deals where I'm I'm embedding myself into a team. So I was with the players and coaches from mid afternoon through post game of their opening game of the season. I was in a room while they watched film. I had dinner with the coaches. Rode the school bus to that night. That night's game against the Southland Rebels and Adams, and rode the bus back to Leroy afterwards. It was a wild day, Jib. It was it was crazy. Uh, I wrote a long story about this. It was I I can't sum it up in a paragraph here, but the the Leroy starting quarterback Lane Bird he he went out with a broken leg on their third play of the game and then lightning and rain began rolling in at halftime. The game was actually suspended. It was finished the next day. I've been doing this for a long time, but I'd never experienced anything like that. Like that part of a day with the Leroy Ostrander Cardinals. It was, it was nuts. It was, it was fun. It was scary. It was memorable. That's the main thing. So, so again thanks to everybody in leroy and and we had Trevor carrier their coach on our podcast the following week yep. just to talk about how 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 everything went that day and and uh, thanks to everybody in Leroy for that
0: by the way how many miles did you drive this year did you ever figure it out
1: <sighs> you know I, I I've got I've got the newest Camry now um the the Camry number three which i which went back to Maplewood Toyota when the new one was delivered. It had 60,000 miles over a little more than three years. But one of those years was a pandemic year. I mean, I've turned those cars in with 90,000 miles over three years. So I always say I probably drive, my my guess is 25,000 miles a year. It varies, but, and, and in the winter, like the situation is now, I don't drive as much, but yeah, I put on a lot of miles and why not? I mean, I can't. This is a big state. The high school league is involved with every school in the state. So let's get out there and find these stories.
0: No doubt about it. All right, let's go to October.
1: October, we're going to go to a cross-country meet in Blue Earth. Uh, another person we had on our show, Luke and a senior captain of the cross-country team from Mountain Lake. Um, it's This is an amazing story uh, because Luke never missed a cross-country meet while he was undergoing Treatments for cancer. He had surgery. He had chemo. He did not miss a race. He, his quote that 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 has really stayed with me. He told me after he ran that day in Blue Earth. "Quote: I don't know how I would have made it through this without this team and this sport." Uh, I, I caught up with him again at the state cross country meet. He was there as a spectator. We had a nice chat. Um, he enjoyed being on the podcast. He told me, and a story like that—that's just a real testament to how important. High school activities can be. So, salute to Luke Claussen from Mountain Lake.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's funny. We don't have, it doesn't feel like we have a lot of guests on the show, but you, you've brought up like already like four or five great guests that you end up lining up this week. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad you're able to do that. I'm glad we're able to get the, their voices on the network. All right, let's go to November.
1: Yeah, State Volleyball Tournament. The story was Marshall High School. They made history, they won their eighth state championship. They had shared the record of seven with Bethlehem Academy, Chaska, Egan, Robbinsdale, armstrong and Tracy Milroy-Ballatin. Uh, this was not a surprise to anybody. Marshall had an outstanding team. The head coach is Dan Westby, a Hall of Famer. He, uh, he's he been the head coach for all eight of these titles, and he gives all the credit to his players which is no surprise for those of us who know Dan Westby. Here's how dominant Marshall was during the season, Jim. So in volleyball, you know, teams will play in weekend tournaments where you have to win two sets. So you either win two zip or somebody wins two one. Other than that, regular season volleyball section and state, you got to win three. So in those cases, Marshall did not lose a set. They, They won 69 sets and lost zero. In those sets, in those matches where you needed to win three, You know, I mean that's that's sixty nine and zero. That that might also be a record. We don't have categories like that, but really impressive. Maybe the most impressive volleyball season we've ever seen by
0: by a team. Wow! And have you seen a dramatic? improvement in the high school and prep, I guess, you know, junior type uh, volleyball in this state since you started doing this?
1: Yeah, it's, I go back to the late nineties and, uh, and it's just incredible how good volleyball is in Minnesota. We talk about it all the time. It's across the country. Minnesota is one of the top States for just talented young volleyball players. And it's, it's really fun to see. And I always say that that state volleyball tournament is, is one of my favorite State tournaments probably my favorite for for female athletes just because of the athleticism, the power, the speed, the quickness, the, the strategy, and and I've said it before, there's something magical about that net across a volleyball court. You don't have, you know, you don't, you're not, you're not really, you're playing defense, you're blocking shots, but you're not, you're not. It's there's no body to body contact, there's no elbows. It's really, really quite the special sport.
0: Uh, no doubt about it. All right, let's wrap up with December.
1: Yeah, we're not going back very far. We're going back to the guest we had on here last week, uh, Noah bjerke Weezer from La Crescent Hoka. He's the guy who wrote this powerful social media statement about how officials are treated during basketball games at his school. It has spread around the state. It's around the nation. If you, haven't, if you haven't read it, go to you can go to John's Journal and find it or the MSHSL Facebook page. Here's an excerpt. Quote, nobody will ever call a perfect game and everybody makes mistakes. We all get it. It's frustrating watching and playing in a game where the officiating is not great. But we need to stop. And that's a great way to close out our year, you know, respect for officials, let's be civil, you know, none of us are perfect. Yeah, it's disappointing as, as Noah wrote, but let's, let's be, let's be above that and, uh, and roll with it and just let's make sure all the kids have a great experience. So. We started with an unforgettable January hockey game in Roseau. We end it with a student athlete standing up for what's right. It was really a, a great year, Jim. This was kind of the first full post COVID year we had. Um, it, it was it was tremendous. I'm I'm grateful to to talk to you every week and, and tell these stories in an, in an audio forum and and let's let's wish all our listeners happy new year from you and I and and Brian our producer everybody at Talk North uh this is this is quite an adventure we're on with this podcast and it's really it's really fun it's good to, it's really fun for me it's good therapy for me to go back through the year and revisit all these stories you know I don't there's a couple hundred of them and it's hard to pick out 12 um but these these are ones I thought really stood out and kind of tell the best about uh, about what we do with high school sports in Minnesota
0: and I could say this every week, but I, and I think you know this, but just to say it, uh, I just really admire the work you do, the way you do it, uh, your energy, your enthusiasm, and the fact that you created this job out of whole cloth. Uh, this job <laughs> did not exist till you said, hey, yeah. this would be great if we did this, and you you nailed it. You were right. Uh, I, I'm really proud to have you on the network. I'm proud of the work you do, and I appreciate all the work. And as you said, let's thank Brienne. Let's thank all of our listeners at talkworth.com and let's keep it rolling into the new year. You bet. Have a great new
1: year.